Welcome to the Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. Cup of Joe Wrestling Show? With Joey Harris. A podcast for the wrestling fan on the go. So take your favorite beverage of choice and join Joey as he takes a look at some of the biggest shows on the WWE Network. makeshift studios in the shadow of south central virginia this is the cup of joe wrestling show and i am your host joey harris you can follow the show on twitter at cup of joe pod email the show at cup of joe wrestling show at gmail.com and i think folks that the only thing of course you have to bring up i had already recorded and uploaded the show when it had happened last week but just of course send out my condolences to the friends and family and fans and everybody involved on the passing of Jay Briscoe. It was such a senseless thing, taking his daughters to cheerleading practice and just everything that has happened with that family. They really need your thoughts and your prayers and your well wishes and good vibes and all of that as they have a trying time ahead of them. And you never want to experience a loss like that so young and so much life still ahead of him and yes had made a mistake many years ago but from everything that has come out you see that he really learned from his mistakes from what everybody says and it's just a shame that he was taken so our, our condolences go out to his friends and family and fans and just Trying to make it through another week as things get hectic and it's cold and recording this early on Tuesday morning and cranked up the heat for a while so that I could get it warm in my recording area here before I had to turn the heat back so it wouldn't come on hopefully during recording, right? But today, Project 45 goes back to 2004 to look at the Raw from October the 4th, 2004. And this is a a hard week to record this episode because um, I've spoken before, I believe, about my next door neighbors. Um, They were like grandparents to me and my two sisters. And I would, I, I grew up in a small town and we didn't have cable in fact they still don't have cable just everybody has those little dish or direct tv satellites and those were not common until the mid to late 90s where i am and my neighbors got the first satellite that i remember someone having in the town and it was one of those big dishes and i would go over there on saturday mornings and watch wrestling and my nanny is what I called her and my neighbor um, passed away on this day, October the 4th, 2004. So I wouldn't have felt like watching wrestling, but it was a unique show. And so we're going to take a look at it. WWE Monday Night Raw was shown on Spike on October the 4th, 2004 from Madison Square Garden in New York City. We start out with our WWE intro. Flashback to Ric Flair calling out Randy Orton about being the legend killer. Orton tells Flair that he is the man, and it's so tragic to see what he's become. This generation is going to remember Ric Flair for kissing Triple H's ass. It then flashes to Flair in the back, 
and Batista asking Flair if he is ready, and Flair looking contemplative. Flair says he hears Batista, but he doesn't answer to Triple H or Batista. They then show highlights of Randy Orton versus Batista and Triple H and Ric Flair attacking Orton during the match. We get our Raw intro. The power goes off as JR welcomes us to New York City and Monday Night Raw live from MSG. He and Jerry Lawler are the announcers for the evening. They preview what's coming up on Raw. Triple H and Ric Flair come out wearing suits and Triple H has the world championship with him. They get in the ring and Flair says, let me clarify something. Last week he came out here on Raw and he said that Triple H was the greatest wrestler alive. He then says he was wrong because he wants everyone to understand that Triple H is the greatest wrestler of all time. And Flair says he is the only man in this great business that gets to say that because Randy Orton, wherever he is, the legends he thinks he's disposed of. And first off, Randy, the reason you're not here tonight is because Eric Bischoff, for safety reasons, has barred Orton from the building. Safety and purposes of recuperation after last week's ass whipping. Flair then says, let me go on to say this, Orton, let's get something straight. You can never be a legend. Let's go back to Shawn Michaels. Not a legend. Foley. Not even great, but sure not a legend. So in his eyes, Randy Orton, look at him and say legend. He looks at Orton and says virgin. You are a virgin at killing legends. Flair then says he's got Orton at Taboo Tuesday. It's Orton and Flair. Flair then says one slight problem. Some genius has chimed in and said the fans should decide whether it's a false count anywhere match, a submission match, or God forbid, the steel cage. 16 feet high. One way or another, Orton, it will be you and Ric Flair at Taboo Tuesday. And you will be flares all night long. Okay then, and now I feel awkward. He then woos and hands the mic to Triple H. Triple H woos and then he and Flair hug. Triple H then says, Taboo Tuesday, huh? What is deemed the most revolutionary concept in pay-per-view history? The first interactive pay-per-view ever is going to be a complete disaster because there's no way you can rely on people like you to make those kinds of decisions. The crowd boos. Just like any election, this whole thing could come down to one vote. Triple H says, and let me get this straight. He's supposed to rely on someone like you as he points to someone in the crowd to make that decision. He then points to someone else and says he's supposed to rely on them to make that decision. He says, and you people like that? The crowd cheers and Triple H then says, you like the fact that you can decide what happens to the nature boy? You like the fact that you get to decide the fate of the game? You like the fact that you have the power? Well, to quote an overrated Hollywood actor, it doesn't matter what you like. Okay, I will get him that one. That was pretty funny. Triple H then says, you people are in over your heads. Just like Randy Orton is against Ric Flair. And just like Ric Flair is qualified to tell everyone that Triple H is the best. Triple H is qualified to tell you that Taboo Tuesday is a joke. It is a sham. He gets interrupted by Chris Jericho's music. Jericho comes out and he is the current Intercontinental Champion. He poses and he has a mic and Triple H is not happy that Jericho has come out. Jericho stays at the top of the ramp and says, Attention viewers, do not adjust your sets. This is not a repeat, despite the fact that Triple H is whining and complaining about Taboo Tuesday yet again. Listen, Trips, this ain't Tuesday, this is Monday. This is live. This is New York City, baby. And this is Raw is Jericho. Jericho says it seems to him that Triple H is a little uncomfortable with the whole Taboo Tuesday concept. Jericho says he just wants to tell Triple H, that an interactive pay-per-view is not a bad thing. Jericho says everybody has the right to make a choice. Everybody has the right to vote. As a matter of fact, he thinks they should have a little poll of their own. With all these Jericho-holics right here at MSG tonight, a Y2J chant goes out. Jericho says, let's start the poll. 
Who here thinks Triple H is the greatest wrestler today? The crowd boos. Jericho says, okay. Now who thinks Triple H is the greatest wrestler of all time? The crowd again boos. Jericho says, all right, well, who here thinks that Triple H is the biggest horse's ass that ever walked the face of the earth? And the crowd cheers wildly. Jericho says, it looks like we have a winner. Jericho then says, seriously, Trips, if you want to keep complaining about Taboo Tuesday, we'll take your show on the road, Jack, because nobody here gives a damn about what you have to say. But if you want to know who it was that first came up with the idea of the people voting for pay-per-view, well, that was him, Y2J. And if you want to know who it was that inspired Mr. McMahon to create an entire pay-per-view based on that concept, well, that was also him, Y2J. But most importantly of all, if you want to know who it is that's going to be laughing and smiling while watching Triple H lose that championship at Taboo Tuesday, well, that's also going to be him, Y2J, you sanctimonious son of a bitch. Flair takes off his jacket, grabs the mic and says, Jericho, you can't talk like that to him as Triple H starts to take off his jacket. He then says, get out here. Come here. Right now, you're going to learn some manners and some respect. Come on, Jericho, right now. Triple H has taken off his tie and loosened his shirt. Jericho shakes his head no and walks to the back. Flair tells him to go run and hide. The announcers say it's not like Jericho to walk away like this. Flair said, you see, he's a coward as Jericho comes back holding a chair. Triple H and Flair back to the far side of the ring as Batista attacks Jericho from behind. Batista throws Jericho in and Triple H and Flair attack him. Chris Benoit comes in to save Jericho. Evolution then gangs up on Benoit. Edge then comes out to attack Evolution and he and Triple H square off. Jericho and Benoit get Batista and Flair down and then set Triple H up for Edge to spear him. Flair and Batista get Triple H out. Triple H is holding his ribs and pointing at Edge who is holding Triple H's belt, an ad for THQ's Day of Reckoning for the Nintendo GameCube. Coach talks with Christian, who has Tomko with him, about his match coming up with Shawn Michaels. Christian asks Coach why is everyone making a big deal about MSG, the Mecca, Shawn Michaels' home away from home. See, all that tells him is how ignorant New Yorkers are. See, why does Shawn Michaels get so much credit for his match here at WrestleMania 10, a ladder match that he lost than Christian does for his match at WrestleMania 20, a match that Christian won? You see, what it is is people all over the world hold the torch for Shawn Michaels. Well, coming up next, after he beats Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid again, he's taking that torch and there's nothing HPK can do about it. He then says to Tomko, let's get out of here. It's time to steal the show. Shawn Michaels versus Christian with Tomko. Michaels out first. The bell rings and they are face to face. Christian pokes Michaels in the chest and Michaels responds with a slap to the face. Christian misses the clothesline. Michaels drops Christian to the mat. He gets a one count. Michaels with a side headlock. Christian pushes off. Michaels comes back with a shoulder block. Michaels runs the ropes. Christian with a leapfrog. He does another leapfrog, but Michaels stops short and chops Christian back down. Michaels with another one count. Michaels with a side headlock takeover. Michaels gets a couple of counts on Christian as an HPK chant goes out. Christian gets back to his feet and goes to back suplex Michaels, who keeps the side headlock on and takes Christian back to the mat. He gets another two count. Christian twists around to get a two count on Michaels. Both work their way back to their feet, with Christian still in the side headlock. Christian finally throws Michaels to the ground. Christian with a forearm and a kick to the back of Michaels. Christian runs Michaels face first into a turnbuckle, and then chops Michaels in the chest. More kicks and punches to Michaels, who gets out of the corner. Christian with an Irish whip, and Michaels comes back with a modified Thez press. Michaels then chopping Christian. Michaels with another side headlock. Christian pushes off and hits Michaels with a back elbow. 
Christian gets Michaels down near the ropes and then steps on Michaels' throat. He breaks on the four count. Christian then runs Michaels into a corner post. He punches Michaels down to the mat. Michaels up and Christian punching him again. Christian grabs Michaels and runs him into another corner. He punches, kicks, and then chokes Michaels in the corner for a four count. He screams, I'm Captain Charisma, and then slaps Michaels. He punches and then corner whips Michaels, who moves on the charge, and Christian crotches himself in the second rope. Tomko gets up on the apron, and Michaels punches him off. Michaels setting up for sweet chin music. He goes for it, and Tomko pulls Christian out of the ring to avoid the hit. Referee Mike Kyoto yelling at Tomko, and Michaels comes out to the floor and hits Christian with a neckbreaker. He then gets up and hits Tomko with sweet chin music to knock him out. When they come back from commercial break, both wrestlers are back in the ring, and Christian has a rear chin lock on Michaels. They show Tomko being assisted to the back during the break. They show Michaels missing a high wrist move during the break, allowing Christian to gain the advantage. Michaels gets to his feet again. Michaels with a series of right and left hands. He gets Christian into a corner, and Christian with a thumb to the eye of Michaels, and then hits a reverse DDT off the ropes to Michaels. He gets a two count. Christian frustrated and is hacking Michaels with kicks and then drapes him over the second rope. He then steps on Michaels back and chokes him on the rope for a three count. Michaels comes back with a chop, back and forth in the center of the ring. Michaels reverses an Irish whip, but drops his head too early and Christian kicks him in the face. Christian with a backbreaker to Michaels. He gets a two count. Christian is frustrated, but goes to a side headlock. They exchange blows. Christian with another backbreaker. Another two count. Christian frustrated as he goes for another backbreaker, but Michaels flips out of it. Double shoulder block and both men knocked down. Double count going. Both men up at the nine count. Back and forth in the middle of the ring. Christian with an Irish whip, and Michaels comes back with a flying forearm. Michael nips up, hits Christian with an inverted atomic drop, then another one. He gets Christian into a corner and hits some corner-mounted punches. He then corner whips and backdrops Christian and gets another close two count. Michaels with an Irish whip, Christian slips behind and goes for the unprettier. Michael slips out and rolls Christian up for a two count. Michaels with an Irish whip and goes for a hip lock, but Christian blocks it and again goes for the unprettier. Michaels blocks that and misses a clothesline attempt. Christian then hits the unprettier. It takes Christian a minute to cover, so he only gets a two count. Christian crawls to a corner. Michaels grabs Christian, who hits him with a back elbow to knock Michaels off. Christian goes up top, but gets caught with punches from Michaels. Michaels then backdrops Christian off the top rope. Michaels then hits an elbow drop off the top rope, but he also gets hurt doing the move. He finally gets up and hits sweet chin music and pins Christian. Earlier in the day, Todd Grisham talks with Lita. She says the last six months, she's gotten herself into a predicament with both Matt Hardy and Kane, and she regrets that, but she doesn't regret her pregnancy. When she found out Kane was the father, she was devastated. But then she started to feel her baby move inside of her, and she wanted nothing more than to give birth to her baby. Her baby was the only thing innocent in all of this, and now she will never know what her baby looks like. Why are they doing this? This has never worked and isn't going to sell tickets or increase ratings. It's just dumb. Lita says she will never hold her baby boy. Her baby boy was taken away from her. Snitsky took him away from her. Grisham says, speaking of Snitsky, they talked to him, and he says Lita losing her baby isn't really his fault. Lita gets angry and stands up and yells, it isn't his fault? Whose fault is it then? Do you know why she went into the ring? She was tired of seeing people hurt. Kane was going to crush Snitsky's throat. And what does he do? Snitsky hits Kane with the, in the back with a chair, causing her to lose her baby. She has no love for Kane, but for once, 
Sheriff King does exactly what he says he's going to do. Make no mistake, Snitsky is a dead man. Eric Bischoff is shown and he says, wow, you do bring up some very good points, but you can trust me. My word is my bond. So I need to know, do we have a deal? A woman's hand comes out and they shake. Bischoff says, very good. And think of it this way. We both get something we want. You get the match you want at Taboo Tuesday and I get what I need. So I'll see you in the ring later. And they get interrupted by someone knocking on the door. Bischoff stands up and it's coach. He points and says, boss, why is she here? You honestly don't believe that you can trust her, do you? Bischoff says, coach, trust me. What I need you to do is go out in the arena and find my nephew Eugene because I've got a major announcement regarding my match with Eugene at Taboo Tuesday. Coach says, okay. So Bischoff goes back to his guests and says, all right, now where were we? I did want to talk to you about Coach is still there and Bischoff asks him why. Coach says, you know, boss, here's the thing. You know, I'm scheduled to interview Gene Snitsky in the ring next. Coach says, with Gene Snitsky here and Kane here tonight, things are sure to get a little volatile. And you know, that isn't the coach's scene. Bischoff says, let me get this straight. You're telling me you're afraid to go out there because things may get a little volatile? You're afraid to go out and do your job? Bischoff says, I can understand that. Bischoff then says, I've got it. Let's have JR do it. Boy, am I happy that I missed this show. Coach says, now you're talking. Bischoff says, now where were we? When they come back from commercial break, JR is in the ring to interview Gene Snitsky. Snitsky comes out pushing a stroller. He gets in the ring with the stroller. JR says to Snitsky, there's a lot of questions and Snitsky shushes JR. He mimes that the baby is asleep as the fans chant baby killer at him. JR says, I know that you have denied and Snitsky grabs the mic and says, look, it wasn't my fault. JR says, well, I think there are a lot of people here at Madison Square Garden that would disagree. Way to go for the cheap pop there, JR. Just then, Kane's music and pyro hit, and he comes out. He stands on the ramp for a minute, and then marches down the ring towards Snitsky. Snitsky throws the stroller at Kane, who dodges it and rushes Snitsky. Snitsky attacks Kane with a steel pipe. Snitsky then stares at the pipe, and then chokes Kane with the pipe, and Kane is bleeding from the forehead. Snitsky chokes Kane down to the mat. Snitsky then leaves Kane in the ring. When they come back from commercial, they replay what just happened. Chris Benoit versus Batista with Ric Flair. Over an hour into the program and they are finally getting to their second match. The bell rings and they lock up, drive back to a corner. They break and Batista screams, come on, and Benoit pushes him. Batista rushes Benoit, who grabs his arm and goes for the crossface, so Batista quickly rolls to the outside. The referee makes sure that Benoit stays back while Batista gets back in the ring. Batista, with a kick to the midsection, runs Benoit into a barricade. Batista hitting Benoit with head and body shots in the corner. Batista with an Irish whip. Benoit comes back and slides between Batista's legs to avoid Batista and grabs Batista's leg to do a takedown. Benoit grabs Batista's leg and repeatedly comes down on it, trying to injure the leg. Batista rolls back outside and Benoit follows and clips Batista's leg. Benoit rolls Batista back into the ring and attacks him with punches until Batista pushes Benoit off. Benoit back to attacking Batista and again Batista pushes him off. Benoit rushes Batista again and Batista hits a brutal looking spine buster. Batista attacking Benoit with kicks and a knee to the back. Batista with a backbreaker and gets a two count on Benoit. Batista picks Benoit up and runs his knee into Benoit's midsection several times. Batista then gets Benoit up on his shoulders and Benoit slips behind Batista and gets Batista down and goes for the sharpshooter. Batista kicks off and rushes Benoit who moves out of the way 
and Batista hits the corner post with his shoulder. Benoit follows up with three German suplexes. Benoit starts to go up top, but he sees that Batista is starting to get up and goes over and hits Batista with another couple of German suplexes. Flair gets up on the apron, so Benoit comes over and knocks Flair off the apron. Benoit with an armbar on Batista. Batista pushes Benoit away so hard that he lands outside the ring. The referee is checking on Batista, so Flair low blows Benoit and runs him into a ring post. Batista gets Benoit back into the ring and goes for the Batista bomb. Randy Orton comes out of nowhere to attack Batista and calls the disqualification. Flair comes in and Orton takes him out as well. Flair falls to the outside and Orton gets on him and punches him. Bischoff comes out with a bunch of security guards yelling, Orton, I gave you the night off. He then tells security to get Orton out of here. Security grabs Orton and takes him up the ramp as a Randy chant goes out. Batista knocks security down and he and Flair attack Orton again. Security tells Flair and Batista to get out as they are restraining Orton to keep him away. From Flair and Batista, when they come back from commercial break, Bischoff is in the ring and says, I just wanted you all to know that Randy Orton has been successfully thrown out of my building. The crowd boos. Bischoff then says as long as he's out here, he will update the crowd on Taboo Tuesday. You know the pay-per-view where people have all the power? He says for the record, he still hates the idea, but if they're going to do it, then damn it, he's going to make sure that it's done right. He says, now you all know for the World Heavyweight Championship, Triple H is going to face one of three men. And you all know you people are going to decide just what match Randy Orton and Ric Flair are going to have. What you don't know is that Gene Snitsky is going to face Kane. And after seeing Snitsky in action tonight, Bischoff has decided it's going to be a weapon of choice match. You people will decide if it's going to be a lead pipe, a steel chair, or a steel chain. Either way, one of those weapons will be legal in that match. No questions asked. And that brings in the Chris Jericho. Now, if you think Triple H has it tough preparing for three different individuals, wait until you hear this. Bischoff has decided that every Raw superstar on the roster who is not involved in a match at Taboo Tuesday will be on the ballot and eligible to face Chris Jericho for the Intercontinental Championship. He says, by the way, that's almost 20 people. He says, as a matter of fact, he would like to see those people in his office in about 15 minutes because he's got one hell of a big surprise for everyone tonight. Bischoff then says, last but not least, is his match with his nephew Eugene. He says, you know, the match where you great fans get to decide the punishment for the loser. He means, is the loser going to have to be a servant for the winner? Is the loser going to have to wear a dress? Or is the loser going to get his head shaved? He says, well, I'll tell you something. I've got something very important to say to Eugene. Eugene, get down here right now. Eugene comes out. And I don't care how popular the character was with the crowd. It was in poor taste, and Nick Dinsmore deserved better. He gets in the ring and waves at the crowd. Eugene tries to touch Bischoff's head, and Bischoff keeps swatting his hand away and says, Eugene, I've got something very important to say to you. I know this is going to sound impossible, but somebody backstage has a crush on you. What's even more amazing is she's absolutely determined to come out here and meet you tonight. But I'm sure you don't want to meet her, do you, Eugene? Eugene nods his head. Bischoff says, oh, you do want to meet her. Oh, well, okay, Eugene. Please meet the runner-up in the quarter-million-dollar diva search, Carmella. Carmella then comes out, and nobody can believe it. She blows a kiss at Eugene as she comes down. She gets in the ring, and Bischoff says, see, Eugene, who I think should have won the diva search. Carmella has a match with Christy at Taboo Tuesday. You know Christy, the one that all these people voted for. But the difference between Carmella and Christy is Carmella used to be in Playboy. You know Playboy, that's the magazine where he then whispers into Eugene's ear and Eugene looks shocked and points at Carmella. 
Bischoff says, that's right. You get to see everything. Carmela is here tonight because she just wants to tell you how much she likes you. Go ahead, Carmela. And Bischoff hands her the mic. Carmela says, Eugene, I'm just a little embarrassed right now, but I just need to tell you something. I think you are so hot. Your face, your body. I think everything is so hot. Everything except for one teensy thing. You see, Eugene, I love bald men, and if you were bald, you'd be perfect. Eugene looking confused as Bischoff asked him if he heard Carmela said that if he was bald, he would be perfect. And hey, all these fans, if they vote for us to have the head shave stipulation, and think about it, if you lose on purpose to Uncle Eric and you get your head shaved, Carmela would think you're perfect. So what do you say, Eugene? Do you want to lose on purpose so Carmela can be your girlfriend? Eugene says, yeah. He then says, but one condition. I want my girlfriend to kiss me now. Eugene then puckers up and gets ready to be kissed. Carmela looks pissed. Bischoff tells her to do it. She starts then stops and says, I just cannot do this, Eric. I cannot do this. No, I'm not doing it. Eugene then says, I want to see her boobies. And Carmela looks shocked and covers herself with her arms. Carmela screams, Eric, this was not part of the deal. Newsflash, Eugene. You and all these people are not in the same league as me. The crowd boos. Carmela says, I'm the Playboy Playmate of the Year. Bischoff says, you know, Carmela, this hasn't turned out the way that I like, but I've got to admit that I admire your style. So I'll tell you what, your match at Taboo Tuesday is still on. Eugene, he then says, I'm sorry I had to lie to you. If it makes you feel any better, Carmela's not the only one that doesn't like you. Nobody likes you. He gets interrupted by Christy Hemme's music as she comes out. She gets in the ring and she and Carmela go face to face. Christy pushes Carmela down. Carmela gets up and Bischoff has to keep her away from Christy. Bischoff tells her to stay away as Christy goes over and kisses Eugene as the crowd cheers. She then jumps up into Eugene's arms and starts making out with him. They then leave to the cheers of the crowd while Bischoff holds Carmela back in the ring. When they come back from commercial break, La Resistance is in the ring and Sylvain Grenier is singing the Canadian National Anthem badly. World Tag Team Championship match. La Resistance, Sylvain Grenier and Rob Conway versus the Hurricane and Rosie. Hurricane and Conway start. The bell rings and they lock up and drive back to a corner. Conway charges Hurricane who ducks out of the way. They lock up again. Conway with a wrist lock into a side headlock. Hurricane with some forearms to try to break the hole. Hurricane pushes off. Conway comes back with a shoulder block. Hurricane with leapfrogs and drop downs to avoid Conway. Hurricane hits a neck breaker. Both Grenier and Rosie come in and Rosie clothesline Grenier out of the ring and the referee tries to get Rosie out as Hurricane gets Conway down with a double leg. Hurricane and Rosie with a leg drop on Conway and Hurricane goes up top as the referee gets Rosie out. Grenier grabs Hurricane and he crotches himself on the top rope and falls to the outside. Grenier then throws Hurricane back in. Conway gets a two count. Conway with the front face lock and tries to tag Grenier in. Hurricane pushing towards Rosie, though. Grenier comes in and knocks Rosie off the apron. Rosie goes after Grenier and is not there to tag as Hurricane has made it to the corner. Conway gets Hurricane back to the center of the ring as the referee is trying to get Rosie back to his corner. Grenier sneaks into the ring and La Resistance hit au revoir and Conway gets the pin. Rosie attacks La Resistance after the match. He splashes Grenier in a corner and then Conway jumps on Rosie's back. Hurricane gets Grenier out of the ring. Conway turns Rosie's mask around before Rosie shakes Conway off and Hurricane checks on Rosie, who thinks Hurricane is a member of La Resistance and sidewalk slams Hurricane. 
The referee helps Rosie with his mask and Rosie checks on Hurricane. Feature on the Make-A-Wish Foundation's Leadership Conference and WWE receiving the Celebrity Wish Giver Award. The Simon System with Simon Dean promo in the style of an infomercial. Recap of Edge spearing Triple H earlier in the night. Coach brings Edge in and asks him why should the fans vote for him as opposed to Shawn Michaels or Chris Benoit for the right to face Triple H at Taboo Tuesday for the World Heavyweight Championship. Edge says unlike Michaels and Benoit, who have faced Triple H about a million times apiece, he has faced Triple H zero times. Never. And unlike Michaels and Benoit, who have had about a million world title matches each, he has had zero, nada, nilch. It's not that he's undeserving. He's been there a long time. Paid a lot of dues and he's about due. He's a 10-time tag team champion, U.S. champion, king of the ring, five-time intercontinental champion, wrongfully stripped of the title, he might add. He's been through hell and back, rehabbed through countless injuries just to make it on this ballot. So you ask the question, why should the fans vote for him to face Triple H for the World Heavyweight Championship at Taboo Tuesday? Well, he would say to the fans, whether they are Edge fans or not, that deep down inside, they know out of the three contenders, he's the only one that actually deserves it. Everybody not booked or shown in Eric Bischoff's office. Bischoff says, all right, listen up, make way, please. He says, all of you were called here for a very specific reason. He then says, as you know, you all are on the ballot to face Chris Jericho for the Intercontinental Championship at Taboo Tuesday. Bischoff says he has decided to give each and every one of them an opportunity to see Mr. Jericho up close and personal and to observe the audience because he is asking each of them to serve as lumberjacks for tonight's match between Triple H and Chris Jericho. He says Jericho likes to take credit for kicking off the first ever WWE interactive pay-per-view where the consumer gets their choice of matches and stipulations. Well, he has decided that each and every one of those gathered will get an opportunity to interact with Chris Jericho. He says, now go out there and impress this audience. Stacy Keebler is shown stretching in the back. Trish Stratus joins JR and the King for commentary. They show Stratus, Gail Kim, and Molly Holly triple teaming Christy Hemme the week before and stripping her down to her underwear in a three-on-one Brian panties match. They then show Hemme showing off her Brian panties and Stratus calls her a slut. Stacy Keebler versus Molly Holly. The bell rings and Holly starts out pushing Keebler. Holly then yelling and pointing her finger at Keebler, and Keebler bites Holly's finger. Keebler then kicks Holly and grabs her by her hair. She runs Holly into a corner turnbuckle. Keebler then kicks Holly in the corner and holds her boot against Holly's throat for a four count. She breaks and then immediately goes back to choking Holly for a three count. Keebler then grabs Holly by the hair and throws her across the ring. Holly comes back with a shot to knock Keebler down and then hits a nice snap suplex and gets a two count. She then chokes Keebler on the second rope for a four count. She then gets Keebler down and chokes her with a boot to the throat for a four count. Holly then slams Keebler face first into the mat. Keebler tries to get up, so Holly slams her down again. Back and forth with slaps in the middle of the ring as Keebler tries to get back to her feet. Holly with a double axe hand onto Keebler's back. She follows that up with a slap to the face. Then another slap to the face. Holly with a corner whip and a knee lift to Keebler. Holly goes for a second knee lift and Keebler moves out of the way. Keebler with a stiff kick to Holly. Holly rushes Keebler who ducks and Holly goes flying out of the ring to the floor. Keebler goes out after Holly and Stratus leaves the announce desk and runs down to ringside. Keebler throws Holly in. Stratus grabs Keebler's leg, but Keebler kicks Stratus off. Keebler asks Stratus what she is doing there. Holly tries to roll Keebler up, but Keebler twists around and catches Holly by the legs, drops down, and pins Holly. Stratus gets in the ring and she and Holly go after Keebler. 
who gets out of the ring laughing and celebrating as she goes up the aisle. Holly and Stratus start arguing over Holly losing. Lumberjack match. Triple H versus Chris Jericho. The Lumberjacks are the wrestlers on the ballot to face Jericho at Taboo Tuesday. After the entrances and everything, there are less than seven minutes left on the show. Jericho attacks Triple H from behind before he can take the World Heavyweight Championship belt off as the bell rings. Jericho gets Triple H in the corner and kicks him over and over. Jericho then hits a corner whip and a backdrop, and Triple H still has his title belt on. Jericho then clotheslines Triple H out of the ring. As Triple H gets up, William Regal and Sheldon Benjamin take turns punching him. They then throw Triple H back in. Jericho attacking Triple H with shots and chops. He chops Triple H and Irish whips him. Jericho drops his head too early and Triple H kicking him in the face. Triple H throws Jericho to the outside. Jericho starts punching the Lumberjack, who then all jump Jericho. Jericho fights back to the apron, drives his shoulder into Triple H when he comes over, and does a roll up on Triple H over the top rope. And Jericho goes for the walls of Jericho. Triple H won't go over, so Jericho catapults him face first into the top turnbuckle. He gets a two count. Jericho with a chop. Triple H reverses an Irish whip and throws Jericho back to the outside. Steven Richards and Sivan Grenier both kick Jericho. Christian and Richards throw Jericho back into the ring. Triple H runs Jericho into the top turnbuckle. Back and forth by the turnbuckle. Triple H with a corner whip. Jericho gets his boot up on the charge. Jericho with an enziguri to Triple H. Both men down and a double count going. A Y2J chant goes out. Tajiri not familiar with the concept of wanting to face Jericho at Taboo Tuesday as he is also clapping and chanting Y2J. Jericho ducks a clothesline attempt and gets a double leg pickup and goes for the walls of Jericho. Triple H kicks Jericho off and he lands outside where he is attacked again. Rhino fights the others off and throws Jericho back in the ring. Jericho runs and baseball slides Rhino, thinking that Rhino was the one that attacked him. Jericho with a bulldog to Triple H. Jericho goes for a lion salt, but Triple H moves out of the way. So Jericho lands on his feet. Batista gets up on the apron and Jericho knocks him off. He turns around and Triple H sets him up for the pedigree. Jericho counters and goes for the walls of Jericho. He gets it on and Triple H fighting it, trying to get out. Ric Flair arrives and gets up on the apron. Jericho lets go and hits Flair with a springboard dropkick. Jericho goes up top and crossbodies a group of wrestlers just huddled on the outside to catch him. A Y2J chant goes out. Jericho goes up top again and hits Triple H with the back elbow as he is getting up. Christian gets up on the apron and referee Earl Hepner tries to get him down, allowing Rhino to come in and gore Jericho. Triple H crawls over and pins Jericho. Evolution gets in the ring and attacks Jericho. The other Lumberjacks get in the ring and start brawling. Randy Orton comes in and attacks Evolution. Evolution slides out of the ring and Orton attacks the Lumberjacks with RKO. He then RKO's Coach when Coach comes into the ring. Orton clears the ring as they sign off from MSG. Final thoughts. This was a dense show as they were throwing everything trying to get people to buy Taboo Tuesday. It was too much, so you can just skip this one if you want. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Harris. If you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I would really appreciate it. You can support the show at paypal.me slash cupofjoepod. Thank you for joining me this week. This is Joy saying so long. From the heart of Virginia. The Cup of Joe Wrestling Show is a production of Baby Kangaroo Media. 